0: Welcome to Ah, Carappa Hellboy Podcast, the show dedicated to the half-demon hero, hosted by me, Mark David Christensen. And me, Kate Thompson. Yes, and we are to the final issue, chapter five of Killing Ground. Of this insane story. (laughs) Oh my God, yes, insanity, and to the best degree. Like, I do think that we keep calling it insane. And I think a lot of times when we hear insane, it means it's, like, chaotic or it's confusing. Right. There's, like, a negative connotation. I think we both have been in... Our insane comment is full of excitement and and loving this story. Like, it's sick
1: as hell. (laughs) Yeah.
0: The cover of this one's so cool. Oh, sorry. It's been what? No, talk about it. I was just gonna... I mean, I was just saying... I just think the ride from from page one, the ride through Killing Ground has been so every turn has been fun and exciting and surprising. Very surprising
1: couple of issues here, for sure.
0: Which which I think we've come such a long a far a long ways in the Hellboy universe and BPRD that the fact that they are this far in continuing to surprise us and do it and not. Not unearned ways. Like, you know how sometimes yeah. some stuff is just like shock? They're like, well, he has gotta be shocking. Do something that sort of like will be surprising but make no fucking sense. This all seems to be yeah. rooted in rooted from the very one, just building, building, building. And I love that.
1: It's great. And it's like and we're reading it in a fairly condensed way. Like most people are reading this shit. Like I was saying the other episode, like, oh, yeah, Daimia's been here for three years. It doesn't feel like that for me because we've read all of that within like a year or a year and a half or something like that. So it's like if if we're still being we're reading it all like together in one shot and it still feels surprising to us, which is a good testament to the writers of this book. Yeah, totally. Which are... (laughs) <laughs> Mike Mignola and John Arcuti, illustrated by Guy Davis, colored by Dave Stewart, lettered by Clem Robbins, edited by the dummy Scott Alley. and <laughs> Boo. <laughs> Boo. Published in uh, December, this last one, December 2007. Yeah, and the cover continues oh. this kind of like composition with like a bar underneath this larger image up top. We have a really cool... Just a really cool, clear picture of the sort of where Jaguar that Daimyo becomes. And it looks so cool. And I'm looking at the, I'm looking at a, pulled up a color version of it too.
0: I'm glad you got the color version because I was like, again, we've complained enough about like when they do just the black and white. And it just doesn't do these Beautiful covers, Justice.
1: They look great still. Like, they're really cool. But yeah, I wish they would include, like, yes, I wish they would just include the original versions because I think that it's worth it. Yeah, very much.
0: I hope, that, I hope that down the line, speaking of the covers, like, we have that cool collection of Hellboy co- like, 25 years of Hellboy covers. Yeah. It'd be great if down the line they do a BPRD one. I think that would be a I think that people would just eat right up and
1: buy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would love that. Do they have a fucking action figure of this thing? I
0: I doubt it, but I could be I stand to be corrected.
1: <laughs> they should make one. Like how cool would that be? I'm seeing like somebody on Reddit made their own. Amazing. I, like, Googled it, yeah. <laughs> it looks like they're kind of, like, taking apart a Punisher figure or something Whoa! And put, like, put a big scar into the side of its face. Like, they're just, like, custom making their own, it looks like. Are they
0: making, like, a Ben uh, the Monster or Ben? Ben. Out of, Oh, out of the Punisher? That's amazing. Yeah. He is um, sort of... That's a great comparison, because uh, to, to say, like, in the Marvel... You know, you got Punisher... In Marvel Universe, you have Punisher, who's sort of, like all brute and brutality i mean uh it's fun to think that maybe dan ben is sort of that way he's maybe not to the big the the ultimate degree of punisher but he is kind of like that's how he functions is like as soon as you're a threat he's kind of like no questions asked take him down
1: oh yeah i think he's (laughs) like he's definitely more like lawful lawful uh good or lawful neutral. Chaotic, oh, lawful? Yeah, yeah well, like, rather right, than we're like D&D.
0: we're talking D yeah we're right? talking
1: D D stuff here. Like I think Punisher is he's got rules but he's kind of neutral to evil. Okay. I would say. All right. I mean I know he's like a hero. I don't I don't know honestly, you know what? I'm talking a little bit out of my uh, league here because <laughs> out of my ass <laughs> because <laughs> I don't know that much about Punisher. Um, yeah, I've heard uh, the. Have you watched the Netflix show? Yeah, I got I was I I, I, I was excited. I heard it was good. Uh, I mean, I think they here. I, I
0: don't think it's a good Punisher show. I think it's okay. A, I think it's a good representation of sad Frank Castle. Okay, <laughs> it's to me, it didn't it's not fun or like it's yeah. not. I think Punisher will always be a tricky character to bring to the screen because I think he's not even really an anti-hero. Or he's like, he's, he is the anti-hero to the nth degree. You know what I mean? Like he, he is truly a murderer. (laughs) Right. Yeah, he's just
1: like, his superpower is like extrajudicial murder right yeah he just kills people outside of the he's a vigilante he's like batman but he kills people is my understanding yeah
0: yeah i mean he, he i think he's he's batman will toe the line whereas punisher has crossed the line immediately and i think it's just hard i mean i would i mean there's probably other people that can speak better to that than i can because i haven't read all of every single issue or dive deep into Punisher there's there's things I've read that give me the knowledge and stuff to speak a little bit about him but he is truly I mean all the Marvel heroes in a sense don't like Punisher they have to they have to constantly call Punisher out and put him in his be like you are fucked up like he's not like you're
1: doing this wrong kind (laughs) of a thing yes exactly and I think With
0: the Netflix show, this is a big tangent that has been outside of the the Hellboy (laughs) universe, and BPRD. But for me, the Netflix show, they, they, they constantly can't portray him properly because I'm not saying there's not a version out there that people will watch and will be popular. But to make a popular show that you want to, which is mostly in cinema or television, is to make something that is completely watchable by many people. That Mm -hmm. sentence was sort of nonsense that I just said, but it has universal appeal. Sure. He's going to be a character that is not going to have universal appeal just simply because he's a murderer. Right. And that show, I think they try to make him universal by making him sympathetic because he does, what gets him going is he does have his wife and his child murdered, but then he doesn't, he loses all humanity. He just, he just decides to... To in a sense cash in his humanity in order to become this guy that's just as vigilante to the to his core, that doesn't give a shit. That's gonna murder and and I think because they tried to make him so sympathetic, for my taste and for my opinion, he they make him so just sad Frank Castle, not true of just heart. Maniac. Yeah. Maniac. maniac Punisher. I mean the daredevil. I think the, I think when he's introduced with daredevil, I think that is some pretty solid stuff, but his own series, I found very, I was just a little wet moppy for me. (laughs) It's the best way. Yeah. And I like that actor that they got. I think he was a a great choice from walking dead, right? Yeah. Yeah. Burnthal or whatever. I think he was a great choice. I just, I wasn't a big fan of the Netflix series in general. I think Daredevil started out strong. Jessica Jones was my favorite. It got a little campy at times in a ba- like bad campy, at- well like in a couple of moments, but overall it was good. I didn't la- I didn't continue watching it after the first season. I mean, Cage I thought was a miss. I think they had something great, but I think they missed a mm-hmm. lot. Even though they had a lot of great casting. I think the guy that plays Luke Cage was a perfect fit. Iron Fist is garbage. Even though I will say this yeah. There's a guy in there's a guy on Iron Fist that I think whoever the direction made those actors that are actually good actors yeah. do a bad job. Yeah. But there's a guy that plays not the main lead, but like the secondary male lead. He plays a character on Ozark that it's in the third season named Ben that is incredible.
1: And what a bummer too- <laughs> that you have all of these good actors and it just turns into something that's like I think the showrunners just made those those
0: series too weighted down. Like like, if you watch uh, The Defenders or whatever, they made every character so weighted with, like, self-doubt and self-like. Like, they made them all, like, martyr, like, heavy with martyrdom. Yeah. So when you put them together, there was no fun. Yeah. Like, Iron Fist and Luke Cage, if you read the comics, it's like, there's a, there's like a constant back and forth with them that's like, there's a lot of levity to play with, and I don't think they did that well. Right. And Jessica yeah. Jones and Luke Cage end up being, like, a couple and have kids. And there's also just fun relationship stuff that the show got so weighted down and, like, woe is
1: us. And we're full of guilt that you're like, yeah. what
0: the fuck? That's just my opinion, though.
1: Yeah, I think, like, it's a hard thing to balance because, yeah, even even if you're going through something horrible there's gonna be like a time like yeah you're gonna have a moment in your week where you're like laughing at something even if it's yes. like you're not you don't necessarily like cackle all, uh, you know and like if you're if you, like <laughs> like the week when my dad died a bunch of funny stuff still happened and it's like i'm not like busting a gut laughing at something because you are sad about something but it's like you know, you're still a human being. You're still like a multifaceted human being that can experience all of these emotions at once. Uh, what a bummer. Yeah, it is. It is a bit of a bummer.
0: I mean, I would never say. To anybody, don't watch it. If you're curious, I would, I'm would. i never going to tell you not to. Check it out. Yeah. See, make your own opinion. I do think probably the best... I haven't watched... There's three Punisher movies, I believe. I've never seen the first one, and I've never seen the third one. The Thomas Jane one is okay. I do like Thomas Jane as the Punisher. The best rendition of Punisher... I think I, I f- did see that one, and I did like him as that role. Yeah, if you haven't, I. this is for our listeners and you, I would suggest... Googling the punter, like the short, the short film that Thomas Jane did after the movie, that was like an independent production. It's not labeled the Punisher, but it's clearly supposed to be the Punisher. That's funny. And I think it's the best version of Punisher. John and Thomas Jane is just is just he's brutal in it. He it's like you know what I mean. He's not. Representation of, like, oh, this is like our hero that you need. It's just the hero you get <laughs> <laughs> kind of mentality. And I think that that short is the best version of the Punisher that I've seen in a live action form. Cool. For me, again, that that being said, I've never seen the 89 version. I've never seen the 2008 uh, Warzone, which I've heard is pretty okay. So I, you know, I could be stand to be corrected or other opinions might have a little more knowledge. But that being said, I mean, I, I feel sort of bad that, is it Daniel Day Kim? Is that who was, yeah, Daniel Day Kim was our version, our yeah. live action version of uh, a Daimyo. And I think he's sort of, unfortunately, the way they, wa- in my opinion, they watered his character
1: down. Oh, yeah, for it's sure. It's like,
0: man, you read what we're about to, what we've read so far and BPRD and what we're about to get in this last issue It's just like, I wonder, I would love to have a conversation with Daniel Day Kim, and I'd probably have to, like, you know, become good friends with him off mic to be like, you read that character and you saw how cool he was. What did you yeah. think of what they did to him? Because they made him just a
1: werewolf, right? He was just like a one. He was like a cool guy to like. Yeah. I don't know. And they didn't even like they they even watered down like his sort of military
0: like that one like I, you you said it best, and I can't even think of how you'd said it. Like he's just so like military esque. Like get the job done, yeah, you know, at, a, at, a, at whatever cost, which sort of rubs other characters like Liz specifically, and maybe a little bit of Kate the wrong way, but mostly Liz. But they didn't really capture that in the movie, unfortunately. And I think Daniel Day Kim is such a, an actor that could bring that to it. Yeah, <laughs> that he got, in my opinion, got shafted. By the writing
1: yeah he's uh, awesome
0: yeah and it's like there's such depth to this character ben that they just decided
1: not to like plant because they, they were just... just trying to shove everything they could yes. into that. and it's like it's gonna be at the expense of the movie being good overall yeah. basically like yeah big time bummer but yeah, that totally. bring it
0: back let's i mean let's let's get into the issue yeah. gate and talk about well, the best version of Ben I guess or yeah, the most monster, ver- the monster version
1: <laughs> let's see so yeah he's like on the cover he looks fucking awesome so so cool It the fifth issue opens with a couple of BPRD agents noticing that the whole like a, a window has been smashed out and Daimyo has escaped into the mountains. They're like, should we uh, go follow him? And they're like, the other one's like, fuck that. Let's call this in. (laughs) I'm like, no, no, absolutely not. Kate and Kate's with Johan, who is back in his suit, who is like looking over his totally torn apart body that he was inhabiting for a minute. And this is a really great moment, I think, for Johan to really like explicitly say how he feels right here kate's like kate's like i i know how you must feel and he's like what you don't know shit like (laughs) literally literally what an
0: outburst from johan here (laughs) yeah
1: it's really powerful and it's like what a hard thing to do with a character who has no face like you know what i mean to really have them emote there's, like, some really good, like, body language where he's, like, gesticulating with his hands that help a little bit. Yeah. He's talking about, yeah, just, like, eating and, like, being with a woman and and now, and then he kind of, like, holds, like, rings his hands a little bit, looking at the, what's left of the... Husk, or whatever you want to call it, the like body that they got from the, the island. The <laughs> yeah, island, from the, the guy island. In the yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> it's sad, man. It's really sad. Yeah, it's, I yeah. think it's
0: great that you pointed out like his body language, especially particularly that ringing of the hands, because he, he said all the, he said his piece at this point. But you leave him with that, like, just in that one silent panel at the bottom of him touching his hands and his suit, you see that, like, in that body language, just that longing, that longing yeah. to have that back. And to do that with a silent panel is, it just shows such a great skill from these storytellers.
1: yeah. And I think too to have Kate be quiet in this moment and allow Johan to have this outburst because he normally is not like this at all. He's pretty reserved emotionally, typically. Like, so she lets him have that moment of anger that he, I think, pretty justifiably has. Yeah. Yeah, he says, you know, he has plans in the in like another few pa- panels of uh, Silence Pass, and he was like, I was going to go to. Uh, a horbidden in the spring. I have no idea how to say that or where it is. But you know, he was gonna go somewhere. He he was making plans with his body, and it just sucks that he's an ethereal, ghosty guy in a rubber suit again.
0: Yeah, and it just I like that they continually to remind us as storytellers, to remind us that it's hard to for this this particular character is. We have found him. There's a lot of humor that comes from Johan because he's yeah. sort of like a jolly character at times, especially his way of he gets excited about investigating and stuff. And up to this point, we have like had some fun with him being able to get a body and go have sex. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that this is a reminder of like this guy's existence, even in his even though he has dark spots of in his past and whatnot, he his existence is fucking rough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I you, you could even dare say like even Abe Sabian who is a fishman gets called a fishman and people might look at him and give him a weird look. Johan fucking is is got a little a weirdly a little tougher maybe.
1: Yeah. I mean he can't experience physical pleasures of any kind. He can't yeah. eat or do yeah. And he still has like the mental capacities of a person, but without being able to fulfill any of the other needs that you have as a person. Uh, It's a pretty tragic character. (laughs) Very, (laughs) very. You just kind of have, at least me, I have hope for him being able to find some better version of this suit or find some other human that he can inhabit for whatever reason. Yeah, we'll find Um, out, I guess. Yeah, if he can or not. He leaves Kate, you know... Si- standing silent in the room to go in and check out the bodies of the the like mysterious figures the healer and the soldier here i i just have to say i'm looking at the table of the healer and i'm like how did they
0: get all those guts just on that damn table yeah that, they like, table? Spatulated that <laughs> off of the
1: off of all of like the pipes and wires that are passing <laughs> through each of the hallways of the bprd headquarters <laughs> They had to, like, really get in there with a little scraper or squeegee or something. It's wild. And now he's all on a tray, as much of him as they could get. (laughs) It's fucking gross. And Abe's kind of coming over to Kate. He's like, what's up with Lobster Johnson? Remember that? And uh, (laughs) so, like, she's like, yeah, um, Johan doesn't really remember that. And he's, like, going through some shit. How's Liz? And Liz is, like, now really opening up to Panya and talking to her more. So she's recovering, like, you know, without the weight of this this other mysterious figure who was, like, hypnotizing and, like, coercing Liz into kind of receding and not trusting any members of the BPRD. She's now, you know, that guy's been shot by Lobster Johnson. (laughs) Not dead, but at least, like, he's... Put back at bay. Yeah, his so
0: his possession of of Liz has been removed. Yeah, and, uh, and you can I, again. You've talked about the body language by uh, by Guy Davis. We get one panel of Liz talking to Panya, and you just see it. She's holding the cat. You just see this li- this lively energy, just in that one panel. That like, sure. oh, Liz is herself again.
1: Yeah. Yeah, she's not like completely buckled over a table falling asleep anymore. (laughs) She was all fucked up, you know, and Kate's kind of feeling the weight of the whole situation just because it's some heavy shit went down and she was in charge in that moment. Yeah, and she was kind of admitting that she was a little worried about Liz and what Liz is capable of if she went astray basically she's like yeah i was scared that she might blow this whole place up how stupid does that sound right now uh which is pretty ominous to like have that specific panel where she says that where it's like that would be pretty bad huh and then like practically looking at the reader. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Being like, wouldn't that be bad? It's like, okay, so Liz is still kind of a ticking time bomb. I feel like and at some point in the future, we're going to be dealing with that. Or, yeah.
0: It's very interesting. Because she yeah. says, she specifically says, like, how stupid does that sound right now? You know? Like, yeah, it's 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 almost, there's like mixed emotion. It's like, shh. It's like, we're worried about Liz, but then you're like, well, we trust her, but you're just like... I think that's how all these these BPRD characters, particularly like non-human, probably feel all the time of like, yeah. I know I'm accepted, but there's always that thing in the back of your head of like, do they fully accept me? Right.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And then, yeah, Johan's doing his thing, communicating with the spirits of these slain guys. They're coming back and they're sort of like pretty at peace for what happened to them and how violently yeah. they died and everything. We find out that this uh, mysterious soldier guy was on the same mission with Daimio in that Bolivian extrication operation where, you know, we presumed that everybody in his platoon died that's what we've been told or what he's been told since but we find out that every single member of the platoon was told that every surviving member was told that they were the only surviving members yeah um yeah but this guy manuel he is like yeah i found another one of the guys who was on the mission with me in bolivia and he was telling me he had these fucking nightmares it's crazy
0: yeah, and I love the detail, and this is one of the, the coolest details in this story with this character Manuel Antonio Chavez, is that he had his in that attack in Bolivia with the with the um, the, the jaguar god, he got his throat torn out, and so he's a mute. He doesn't yeah. have any vocal cords, so he can't just be like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> yeah, hey guys, which is such a cool reveal, and what what I love when when. It's a moment where you go, oh, you can go back to the last issue and be like, oh, that's why he wrote on the wall, stay back. And why we haven't heard from him speaking but specifically that detail of stay back is to his way of just the only way he was capable of communicating to these yeah. people he did not and he know he has <laughs> to like
1: sneak in because there's no i mean how it's it would be hard to explain what's happening or to get like the drop on daimyo if he thinks the only way to resolve this problem is to kill him then you know i guess in his mind his actions were justified rather yeah. than like reaching out to you know i guess you could could have reached out to Tom and an email yeah and been like uh I know this thing about your you know one of your employees yeah
0: I don't know it's very complicated and yes it's just hard for him I think it's a very interesting thing culturally too of like it's an, like an ableist sort of mentality of like how he's sort of stuck it's like a normal thing it's like you can't talk and you immediately sort of like it's like immediately he's just in a world that sort of doesn't all allow him to fully to function. It's it's yeah. very very interesting.
1: Yeah. But yeah,
0: I think it's a it's uh, I'm it was just a choice that I just surprising and delightful to, to And it makes
1: sense too. Like it's yeah, he was fucked up from the encounter with the jaguar, so with the jaguar <laughs> god. Uh yeah, it's cool. And he like well, he finds the This other guy, Eric, who is also in his platoon, has like a card that says his name like, hey, it's me, Manny. Remember? (laughs) And they've he like fills Manny in. Eric fills Manny in on how he's been, you know, classic werewolf stuff, waking up covered in blood that's not yours sort of a thing. Yeah. So they go find basically like can't get any answers from the Marines But he did track down this retired army colonel who also lives in Bolivia and is like, yeah, we'll figure this out. You guys stay here. And then in the night, Eric turns into one of these were jaguar demons. Oof. Yeah. And it's very creepy and cool. Yeah, that scary Um,
0: moment on the sleeping on the patio of that like shack and it changing in the hammock is so terrifying
1: <laughs> it's yeah it's gross and like yeah right behind manny like Manny is like scared to turn around because he's thinking he was having a nightmare basically uh i wasn't sure i only knew that polanco was gone so now him and the retired army colonel have to go into the jungle and try to hunt <laughs> this guy down eric rips the colonel apart You know, just tears him up completely. And, but his, like, with his dying breath is like, look for this guy, this, like, a guy who's like the priest of this jaguar god. He'll tell you what to do. Yeah, I think he was the,
0: he was originally the shaman, right? Yeah. And then it was like, and he goes to see him and then they're part of a whole cult. This is so crazy.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's like, it's a very involved backstory for for something that like, I wonder like when this level of backstory for this character was developed Mm -hmm. or if they were just like, oh, we'll have like a sick, cool like drag, uh, a jaguar version of a werewolf or something. But I do like, you know, Uh, This definitely like enriches it and makes it feel more a part of the world. And it's cool to see some like South American folklore, which we certainly, you know, certainly underexplored. Like we've had plenty of like Western folktales incorporated into Hellboy. So it's, it's refreshing to have like different parts of the world inform the story. Yes. Yeah. So uh, Polanco had become what, uh, Hojana, wait, Huana. I mean, I, that sounds
0: great. Huana. I don't know, but that Hwina? is the uh, the shaman.
1: Yeah, wizard. the shaman. Um, so yeah, Eric had become an emissary of the jaguar god, half human, half demon. Uh, yeah, so pretty fucked up and he was gonna like yeah. basically just kill anybody who wasn't an anointed member of the cult wild it's like okay I don't get what it's purpose is
0: other than to murder
1: <laughs> yeah just to kill I mean probably like a, it's probably like a protective je- uh, jungle spirit is my interpretation is like yeah, humanity needs to revere this jungle or else they're gonna get fucking their guts ripped out very Fern Gully, I bet. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. <laughs> Another cool-ass movie. Yeah, and then, so, the shaman is, like, uh, like blesses uh, Manny, basically, and makes it so that he won't turn, if I'm understanding it correctly. Yes, yeah, I
0: think so. Oh, he also makes, what he does in general is he's all, all that matter was that he was able to perform an initiation, which made me invisible to the God thing that was preying on the locals. So he becomes invisible in a sense. I think he might have made him a member of the cult in a weird yeah. way. So the God doesn't see him. Inv- he makes him invisible in whatever sense. It just so doesn't has- have like a desire to rip him apart. Yeah. And I think that's what allows him in the next couple of pages to get close enough to him with this, this knife that he is. Giving.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's given this special blade and it's the only thing that can kill these jaguar demons but it's still really hard i love He's, that it, the,
0: the detail uh, it could kill even a ghost
1: <laughs> yeah it's really cool all the stuff like it's very neat they he finds eric bathing in water it seems like the things like the demons after they do their killing Tend to go towards water and like wash themselves. That's like a thing that comes back later. Like, I think like Daimyo finds a pool of water or something. Yes, he
0: does. It's like a rich, it just feels very ritualistic or something.
1: Totally. Yeah. And he's like, Manny's like, yeah, I was doubting myself. But then as I got closer, Eric's eyes changed into jaguar eyes and he started transforming right away. Yeah, he Uh, saw the blade and it's like, yeah, he knows. And then he, so he's like, when they're transforming, that's when they're weakest. And so I weakened him further by throwing a grenade at him, and <laughs> then I cut his fucking head off with this special blade. Wild, yeah. Which in
0: which is cool because just by showing us his actions with Polenko, you understand what he was doing with da, uh, Daimyo. Like, it was like, oh, he blew him the fuck up, so he'd force him to transform up. up, Force him to transform, and then if Abe, who steps in, hadn't probably, if he hadn't gotten taken down, would have probably tried to take it, use the blade against him as well.
1: Oh, yeah. Pretty cool. It's very cool. And he's like... Uh, he it tries to give the blade back to the shaman. The shaman's like, hang on to that because you're not done yet. <laughs> and so he's like, yeah, so I had to go find Captain Daimyo and try to do the same exact thing. Um, I love
0: I love this moment that's sort of reminiscent of Star Wars for me. When in Return of the Jedi, they're like, there is another. Yeah. Right here. He's like, you will need the blade again. There is another. There is another.
1: <laughs> It's like fun, spooky. Yeah. <laughs> Not so fast. And then the healer guy is like, you know, he's also very at peace. He's like that's uh that is how it has ended if it is an end. But it is not what the captain wanted. Like what he was talking about, have Daimyo getting murdered. He was like, "Yeah, he came to me many years ago, or f- you know, five years ago, wanted to try to contain the thing that he knew was growing inside him, this demon." And the healer was like, "So I, I would, I was helping him with that." And, and it um, gives us a
0: timeline too. It says that every yeah. twenty-eight days, I gave a give treatment to the captain. But this month, he couldn't wait. So we're, it's I love that mystery of, like, something was happening inside him that was making it come sooner, which might have been... We might find out it might have something to do with, with Daryl and the Wendigo.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah, because, yeah, we saw that Daimyo had been, like, hovering around Daryl's cell for a while. Mm-hmm. And at first you're like, oh, maybe he's just empathizing with him, but it's also like, is this triggering the demon aspect of daimyo yeah so the healer's like oh he was summoning me early and i thought he was like overreacting and then he <laughs> came face to face with the wendigo who blew right past him which we didn't think... <laughs> growled at him but didn't yeah didn't rip him into nothing but a face and turn him inside out that was daimyo in fact he was like i am not always right but as you know, death is not the end of knowledge. Like he's very like, he's like, I am, I've come to terms with being, um, completely fucked up.
0: <laughs> he's so Zen about his, fucking yeah. his being just ripped to many bits.
1: <laughs> yeah. And he sees like, you know, uh, was that my patient? Was this, his beast finally loose? Yeah, dude. Um, <laughs> I love
0: that image of, D- of the Jaguar God, Damio. Like he just ripped that door open to let the window go out. I love all that image. Yeah. All that damage was from him.
1: It's really cool. It's cool looking. Yeah. And then two BPRT agents just trying to make out in the hallway. What a classic
0: horror movie moment. Sucks. Yeah. <laughs> you
1: make
0: can't be fucking during a, a horror yeah. movie, man. No, you can't. frisky. You got to be in a locked
1: room with, you know, no way for a giant jaguar to get inside. So, yeah, they're presumably all, you know. Oh, 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 yeah. I think we see their bodies in the last issue, actually, where they're just like ripped apart. (laughs) Daimyo gets to the pool. He washes off and, and emerges as his human form. And it's also been established that they like don't remember really what happens while they're in this jaguar form, so you know he's he's no help in solving the mystery. Once he's back to being human, yeah. And they're just like, yeah, uh, you know, and that's our story. Thanks for listening to it. <laughs> Johan's like, well, thanks for telling me. I um, love the
0: um, the transition that when we f- when Johan began talking to him, he was in his his big body form, and then by the end of their conversation, he's now returned to his original. Johan uh, ethereal form yes
1: yeah very
0: very interesting w- that it's very cool a silent choice of him sort of holding on to that that new form
1: yeah I think he was very attached to that to that body and imagined himself doing things as that person and now he's yeah he's back to his old self and he looks very sad. Yeah. And I really like this sad moment for Johan
0: because it's, 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 they put like, he doesn't say anything, but I love his sadness is conveyed in his face. But what the, um, the old healer is saying, I love this whole moment. He like, oh, yeah. when Johan's like, I must say the two of you have so quickly adapted. The newly dead are usually in great turmoil, but neither of you seems all that upset. And the healer says, ah, but it's too late to be upset now. Isn't it? And I think that isn't it is so directly towards Johan. And it's interesting oh, yeah. to think that Johan, there's a part of me that I mean unspoken says that like even the fact that he's still around with the BPRD is is rooted in a lot of like being angry for his situation, not coming yeah. to terms with his own his own death in a bit. And I love that. And then he, yeah. he doesn't even address it. He's just like, you're released.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> God, yeah, just, said,
0: <laughs> wait, what a way to keep enriching this Johan character. Wow.
1: Yeah, it's really cool. So sad. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Kate and Abe are listening in on that part of the conversation. They've, they're kind of filled in as well. And Kate's like, great. Well, we have a recipe on how to destroy this guy. We have the knife which is still in the boot of the, of Manny. And, and Abe's like, well, yeah, I guess we know how to kill it, but it's also our friend Ben Daimio. So um, that sucks. And, you know, he's like, I've already killed one innocent guy. Um, But Avery, uh, uh, Johan's trying to like console him a little bit like, Oh, Manny knew that what you were trying to do. And he was like, yes, I heard. But Abe's clearly very affected by having killed somebody who was... only trying was, to help. Yeah, was trying to do some, some good. Yeah, and then, like, they're kind of, like, Abe and Kate are sort of just talking more about, like, yeah, Daimyo really was hovering around um, the to cell, what's up with that? And yeah, they're sort of just guessing, but they really don't know his motivation still. Yeah,
0: I love this moment of being bold enough as storytellers and to leave us in this this moment of, like, Kate and them discussing, as you're saying, and she's like, or maybe it was the monster inside Ben that drew him to the Wendigo in the first place in response to uh, Abe saying, some piece of the Ben inside the creature that made him want to free the Wendigo. Yeah. And like, I love those dueling ideas and then just ending with Abe saying, maybe— as I said, who knows? And I love the bull to be like we don't know. <laughs> yeah, we
1: don't. Cut to the person who does know, Daimyo in in the snow. <laughs> so, I, I uh, yeah. I I want to I want to get to the
0: final image and then I want to talk about these two, these last two pages a little bit yeah. cuz I have something that just came to mind of like something, but we'll talk.
1: Okay. Yeah, so Daimyo is transformed back into his human form. He's just got like a blanket on, but he's basically naked in the middle of this snowy mountain. He hears the whooping of the Wendigo and turns to see the Wendigo towering over him now in the moonlight. And he stands just pretty neutrally. He's not like defensive or aggressive or anything, just standing bare in front of the Wendigo. And that's the end of this, story so there's still a huge cliffhanger of what's the connection with these two guys? Are they gonna just talk now or like is there still enough of Daryl in the Wendigo to communicate with a human being? And like what like where are we where do we go now? And and does Daimyo feel like like what does he feel like? Does he feel like he has to kill himself to like end this or like now that he has no healer, he has to either Figure out how to control the monster that he is or, or, I don't know, contain it somehow. Yeah. It's crazy.
0: So this, this last image, I love this last image, by the yeah. way. I took a screenshot of that last of it's really naked, cool. naked, 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 uh, a uh, Damio in the, in the windigo. I love that. I love ending on that image. Good God. That's beautiful. But. What I specifically th- was like, it dawned on me as we were rereading this now, this image of him in the blanket before that last page, that brilliant ending splash page, reminds me of the Wendigo scary story from Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Do you remember that story? Oh, all? Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I think we talked a little bit about it before. Am I
0: am I wrong? But that ends with like that has like a guy or a Native American like in a blanket on the ground and he's like dead and he has like his his feet. I remember that that image specifically That image specifically is 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 in, I feel like is in my head about that Wendigo story from those scary stories. Specific, I see the
1: feet. I see like that's what I really remember from it is like the 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 footprints that like get longer and longer apart. But I feel like this, I mean, I
0: don't have the real story in front of me. I just have this like breakdown of it, but it says at the end, he like, he comes back to see as an, a native American. I they're still using Indian in this, but native yeah. American who has his face covered, but I feel like he's down in a blanket. He lifts his head and he's just ashes. He's burnt ashes in that story. Oof. I'd have to reread the whole story, but I believe he's just like in a, in like, wilderness with like a blanket around him and it's like that image that we first see Damien and I think that I don't know maybe somebody can correct me but I feel that's a call out to that classic old story it could be like a little like reference to it
1: it very well could be because I mean those were I feel like a lot of kids knew what those books were you know like it's not like an obscure reference I don't think
0: and I feel like people like Arcudi and Die Davis, who are like clearly are influenced by horror and everything, had to know of that stuff.
1: Oh yeah. I would I love to right. hear
0: from I would love to hear from somebody out there that might give us a little clue or uh, remember that a little more better than the two of us. Cause I swear that's a direct reference. It feels like one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but this, oh uh, I want to talk about the afterword by Arcudi, But before we get to that, any any final any other final thoughts or favorite panels from this final chapter?
1: I mean, it just makes me want to. keep. I'm like, well, what's happening now? Like, why, why, why? Yeah. So it's still it's definitely like a really cool story where you get more of their. Of uh, Obviously, you get like Damio's more way more complete story of what's happening with him. But, yeah, there's still so many questions. Still makes me want to read more. I don't know what, like, my f- favorite would be. I mean,
0: mine is that, I mean, the two, my two favorites, I'll just get mine out of the way are the two monster ones, like a half, half page of Damio's holding the wall right before he eats the, destroys the healer uh, and the final panel. I think that.
1: Yeah. It's so cool. I I love the detail that you just pointed out. I totally missed in my first reading was Johan, his spectral form looking like his new body. And then at the end of the flashback story looking like his uh first body and yeah, yeah i think that's really cool
0: it's v- and if you look at the in between when they cut back to them he's sort of a, he's a composite of the both he's like a version of both uh, the yeah bigger he's body. like
1: got like a, his mustache is coming back and he's slightly smaller
0: very cool
1: oh cool yeah and
0: I, I have to say, I also love the panel. I think this whole story has great. It looks beautiful, but the, I think the full final chapter has like my favorite panels of the entire story. I love that overshot panel of the of. Damio's the bloodstream into the water before he comes, emerges as his human form. I love that. Oh, it's just a, it looks like a perfect like cinematic whore shot in a movie. Like, I would want to shoot that.
1: (laughs) Totally. Yeah, I think, I think that, I think that Guy Davis definitely is super, like you, like we've said before, very cinematic artist. And yeah, it it, is, man. I wish they would make this a show and it would be good. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, I really, if they did,
0: if they even went with animation, I want it to be such good anime. Like I need it to be Spider-Verse quality animation. Level, yeah. I I guess,
1: I guess, I guess they don't need to make it a show. Like the thing in itself speaks for itself and stands on its own. And it's so cool. But I just want to like, think like, it's hard to force people to read, a, you know, the, this much of a comic book, <laughs> yeah, you can't be I like, "Yo, this story's really good." It's uh twenty years deep into the storyline of this character, so <laughs> sit yourself down, like you know, it's hard yeah. to like. Give this story to a new person because you got to be like, okay, I hope you're on board for 15 years of Hellboy and then five years of BPRD. And like, I guess that's that's what I want a TV show of it for is just to make it more accessible. And I agree.
0: Yeah, I, I just yeah, if they do do a TV show, like, I mean, live action would be cool, but I'm fine with an animation if it's that I high. I
1: fucking qu- love a cool animated show. I just needed to be high because I know
0: this is controversial. I know that the DC animated movies are very highly regarded. I get it. It's just a lot of their art, I think the storytelling is what's more so Revere, They're good adaptations, but the art seems always a little cheap to me. It's a little flat for my yeah. taste. So I need I want somebody like the people behind Spider-Verse to come in and be like yeah. really blow out and give the this this look.
1: Like I'm I gonna, guess that just takes so much money. Like so much animation anymore is a very it's almost like puppetry more than mm-hmm. anything. It's like you have these kind of like stagnant models that you can like move and make them blink with a computer program that doesn't have much of a human hand i guess and it it makes for like like not to like talk shit on like the bojack horseman art or anything but like they feel you know they're not like flowy to me like the way that those characters move i think that the show does a lot of really cool shit but uh i think aesthetically it's not my like favorite thing
0: but aesthetically it fits the kind of stories they're telling whereas we need it so we need something different if we were to Bring this off the page.
1: Totally, yeah. Yeah, because there's so much movement. I agree. Yeah. And I just think I
0: think graphic novels and comics are not getting the service they need in a lot of times an adaptation. I think, I mean, I'm always going to sit back and praise MCU. I think they brought that look onto the big screen pretty damn well. But I don't, so for example, I, did you watch The Old Guard yet? I did, yeah. I think that movie falls a little flat for me. And for it, sure it, like
1: I, I think it just looked like because it's netflix i guess it's just like they don't have enough money
0: yeah and the money always, shows unfortunately yeah
1: it does it looks kind of cheap and i but i looked I, I pulled up the comic book and i read i've read the
0: first issue i'm not that far into it yet the
1: comic looks cool yeah and i feel like what's
0: unfortunate is that i think that i don't think the director is a bad director Gino, whatever um She did Love and Basketball, and I actually really think Love and Basketball is a great movie by her.
1: And there's cool stuff in Old Guard. It's just like 100%. You can see the lack of, like, they spent all their money on Charlie's Theron. I'm probably, you know, I'm guessing, but yeah.
0: there there's we could do a whole podcast about it or a whole episode because i think they could adapt it i think I, for me i was like i think that maybe should have been a, a tv show rather than a movie yeah that would wanted to be a franchise i think it probably could have worked a little bit better but the look the look of the comic book compared to the movie it's just like i wish they would have i know you can't exactly match it i get that like that's impossible but i yeah. wish they would have taken a cue off of The look of the comic to sort of bring into the movie.
1: Like, find a way to, like, take... take The comic does look really interesting and very colorful. Yeah, and I feel like... And the the movie was so devoid of color, like, completely. Like, in their clothing and... The backgrounds were just like not like sepia tone, but just like pale. Everything felt like pale and yeah,
0: underdressed or whatever. It felt so flat for me, and I was like, yeah. "Why didn't you bring a little bit of that style? Just find the cinematic way to bring the style into the into the movie." I thought, yeah, it was a missed opportunity.
1: I mean, it's pro- I mean, who knows what she could have done with just it's some more money? bigger budget. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent.
0: There's limitations, yeah. and it was a little disappointing, but. That's that's what I'm talking. I'm only using that as an example of like if they're going to make this BPRD into an animated show, that's why I'm going to be very like make it that high quality Spider-Verse version so we can yeah. have fun with it and bring I like bet Spider-Verse
1: costs a lot of money. I, I don't know. Uh, how there's tons costs, of money but into that thing. But yeah. It's just that sort of
0: care that care to adapt uh, to yeah. the adaptation into it. That would be nice. I'm going to probably read this entire afterword. I just want to. I think it's oh, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Let's, I think this afterword is great. So this is what John Arcudi had put at the end of this collection. He said, this one had been brewing for a while. And I think this speaks to a lot of where we ended on Killing Ground. Yeah. He, said, he says, ever since I first wrote the name Benjamin Daimio, in fact, that's not to say that we knew all the way back in 2004 that it was going to play out just this way. For one thing, Guy Davis and I hadn't created Daryl yet, yet, or any of the characters in Garden of Souls, including those spare giant bodies, so we didn't know the role that either Daryl or Johan would play. It's a process, after all. Well, it's more than that, really. It's almost a living, growing thing. It takes time, but if you nurture it properly and don't force it, it grows naturally. But to complete this metaphor and to bring it back to Ben, it grows from a seed, which I love. I love that like it was a seed and I think they let it grow and it ah perfect yeah which I think all great storytelling and art you gotta like plant a seed and see where it grows whereas like a a franchise I think a little bit like we could say there's there's plenty of franchises you can tell when they try to like force it in one the one the first one you're like you're trying to force a lot rather than let it grow oh
1: yeah I think to like this something like this really benefits from having just a few people really working on the vision of it like you don't have too many cooks in, in writing Hellboy or BPRD there's like less than f- like 4 people contributing to the stories of this shit and I think that's good it just keeps it pretty refined you you don't have to I mean I'm sure they have to go to their editors and the the like every like the publisher and they have input but yeah. It feels like a very consistent, unified story because it's coming from a pretty small team. I think you're 100% right. Yeah. Smaller
0: smaller teams can do a lot better, I think. Even yeah. like smaller writers rooms I hear are a little more help, helpful than if you had everybody in the kitchen, you know? Right. Uh, and then he continues, he says, when Mike asked me to work with him on BPRD, Hellboy was gone and Abe was out of town. On the one hand, Mike knew Abe was coming back to the Bureau and probably most of the readers assumed Abe was coming back. But as far as I could tell, none of the characters in the story knew it, which I love. I love that detail of like acknowledging that the the, st- the characters don't know what's going to happen.
1: Right.
0: And to play with that is Brilliant. So we thought to to ourselves, wouldn't Tom Manning have a backup plan? And as it turns out, he did. That plan was Ben DiMio. Ben was meant to fill the void left by Hellboy and Abe, not so much for the readers, but for the other characters. He was a man whom Roger could emulate. And Liz could resent and Kate and Johan could respect. And Abe, when he returned, would even defer to a strong man and a good man who would do great work. But a man who is going to end up being one of the worst things that ever happened to the BPRD. (laughs) Wow. I love this. And then he's like, that's what I was thinking right from right from day one. And not only was Mike okay with this. But if I remember correctly, and it may have been half his idea. See, he didn't bring me on to help him create trademarks that were to be exploited and safeguarded in per, um, uh, perpetu- or perpetuity. Perpet- uh, what's this word? Perpetuity. Uh, perpetuity. 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 Sorry. Yeah, Thank yeah. Oh no, it's OK. He didn't want a status quo for this team. He didn't want stagnation. His goal, our goal. Was for us to develop characters that would be complex and interesting enough to generate their own stories. And if we were lucky, the stories would be interesting enough to attract readers. So far, it looks as if we've were we we've been pretty damn lucky. And then he closes out with, oh, uh, and by the way, if you're wondering what happened to Damio right after the end of this story, dot, 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 Good. <laughs> yeah. John Arcudy. You little
1: wiseacre.
0: I love it. I just think I want to see it. I know. I want to see it too, but I think that is such a really, one of the best afterwards that I've read.
1: Yeah. I mean,
0: we've read a couple and I, they've sort of are like broader, but this really, I think are- It's our really Arcuti specific.
1: Is, yeah. Yeah.
0: To like, this is what we were going for and we had the end goal in mind. We just let it grow to that versus force and i think i think this is this is an afterword that i think if you are a storyteller and you're attempting to do this yourself comic books or otherwise it's a good thing to look at and take into mind of like how to keep your thing successful yeah brilliant stuff <laughs> oh, i love it anything else I you want to i think too discuss? if
1: you make such strong characters you they do grow like if you make a character I, I guess like i guess that i mean the strength of this book really is that like the char- the strong characters Like the plot is cool, but it kind of does a lot of the same stuff over and over again. Like a big bad shows up and these characters take care of business. But you love the characters so much that you want to just see them do it a hundred times. Mm-hmm. So you know, not 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 exactly. You know, it's not exactly the same. But you know, like Hellboy's gonna wallop something, and Abe's gonna like shoot something and like slink around, and <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, like totally. you d- they're just like fucking cool looking, and also you just like their personalities at this point, and so it does. They lend themselves to creating the plot just by doing their thing. I don't know. They make it look easy, you know, but it's fucking so hard.
0: (laughs) It is. It's a hard thing. And I think they're just dedicated to it that that's why it looks easy. Yeah. They gave it the time it needed to, to, to grow and to become what we love. Yeah. And it's blowing my mind. I mean, and I'm looking just, I'm not going to dive into the specifics of the sketchbook because I don't have anything specific, but I do think if you look through the sketchbook, it also is a representation of showing their growth the way they're oh, yeah. playing with it specifically, I think we've already touched on it was like the design work for Damio's Jaguar full form is just so interesting to look in the back to see all the iteration. And then what we end up with is just pretty great.
1: So cool. And it's just nice to see Mignola drawing it, too. I know, right? It's so like fun. his few sketches are ugh, awesome. Just them playing with it,
0: and it's cool to watch it. See a team just build it together. You know, you yeah. c- Collaboration goes a long way. It's I great. love it. I'm love it. I'm with Same. you, Kate. I can't wait to see what's coming down the. Yeah,
1: what the in hell's the, next? in the future?
0: It's like holy hell.
1: <laughs> I wish we had a cool, uh, like PVC figure of this jaguar or of Daimyo at all. Like I can't really find any action figures of this character. That's a that's
0: a shame. Hopefully. Somebody should get on top of that. I mean, we have all these new Hellboy and Abe Sabians and some Liz's. They should do some day mail.
1: There's like a hero clicks, but I mean, I don't really see anybody. I don't really see anything else.
0: We need more than hero clicks.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like upset now. I'm like really looking everywhere.
0: I love your search.
1: I, I'm I'm just googling all day.
0: <laughs> googling all day. I love it. Um. Well, do you have any? Before we close out, do you have anything that is inspired by this reading or thoughts that you would suggest for for our listeners to possibly read, watch, or enjoy outside of the comic book that's inspired by this or not?
1: Um, I mean nothing I guess scary stories to tell in the dark. I wanna like go back and read I do too. that <laughs> version of the Windigo and uh, you know probably like reading an actual version of the Wendigo like like looking into like South American and uh, North South and North American folklore is probably something that I'll dip into. I don't have any like recommendations off the top of my head but that's okay. Um, I love that.
0: You're going to do that. I think that, that research.
1: they yeah, between the Wendigo and this character it's like a cool introduction of those kind of like folk tales. And uh, yeah, uh, it's super, super cool. I want to check it out. It's
0: great. I'm going to suggest something that's completely different from this story, but uh, I'll, I'll explain why I'm, why it made me think of this. There's a, a, a Kira Kurosawa movie uh, that I love I, a, while, a couple of months ago before COVID hit. I was able, with Beth, my fiancé, and a couple of friends, go see a, 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 a screening of it at the Vista Theater here in Los Angeles. It's this movie called Ikiru, I-K-I-R-U, translates to live. It's a movie I absolutely love. It's actually in the movie The Fountain by Darren Aronofsky. There's a full-on homage shot to the movie itself. Cool. The, stru- the structure of that movie made me, when we were reading this final chapter and how they reveal everything, how, like... And why, why it made me think of to live is because two people die in the fight two people die, that's are Manny and the healer. and then they are risen to like sort of tell us the story, the aftermath and give right. give us input. Ikiru, it's one, it's about one character, but it's split up structurally in a, in a very in an interesting way where halfway through the movie, the character spoiler alert, the character dies. But then we're at his funeral for the second half of the movie, and then we're informed about his actions by the people talking about him. And then the movie tells us, informs us more about his actions leading up to his death. And it's a great, beautiful movie. It's the first uh, international movie that made me cry when, when I was getting into cinema in college and so forth. Awesome. So it's one of my favorite. Kira Kurosawa of all time so I'm just going to suggest go out of your way see Kiru. great movie hell yeah so that's it that's all I got
1: <laughs> that sounds great uh, but that's it for this this
0: episode um, closing out Killing Ground a great story and can't wait to see the future of the BPRD and how that uh, unfolds um, but we want to hear from you, listeners. We'd love to hear your thoughts on anything we touched on in the, on this episode or prior for the entire Killing Ground or any other episode. You can reach out to us and give us your thoughts at podcast at gmail.com. As well as you can follow us on Instagram at Podcast, Twitter Hellboy, And please, whatever platform you do listen to us, subscribe rate review if you have that option that will bring more um, listeners to the show share it with a friend if you can and if you can if you're if you're on Apple Podcasts or if you just want to go out of your way to do this go on to Apple Podcasts give us a, a rating and a review on that platform If your review starts with the word boom, and it's a five-star review, so it's a five-star review that starts with the word boom, we will read your review, give you a big old shout-out right here on the show. We call that Boom Reviews. Boom. So do that for us, please. But that is it. Uh, This has been a really fun story to cover. (laughs) uh, I'm almost (laughs) sad to leave it behind because I loved it so much, Uh, but excited for the future. Thank you again for listening, everybody. And
1: remember, we love you! Uh, uh, uh.